Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, you know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm an MD trained in Britain and living in Canada. And since retiring from medical practice, I've become an activist for Family Caregiving, which explains the name of the show, Family Caregivers Unite. Now, today's episode is oral health and family caregiving. You know, good oral health is important at all stages of life, but it's especially important for older adults who may not be able to afford oral health care or because they don't have dental insurance. Seniors living at home or in long-term care facilities are particularly at risk of complications from poor oral health because they may be frail, excuse me, <clears throat> in poor health or highly dependent on others for personal care. Too often, oral health problems in elderly people go undetected until they have pain or infection or they can no longer eat properly. Please excuse my voice. I've just had this awful thing that's going around. I'm getting better, and the viruses don't travel down the wire. Um, <laughs> now, what I'm saying is elderly people may have problems that go undetected until they have pain or infection or they can no longer eat properly. And that's why oral health care is so important for family caregivers, yet it's care that some family caregivers may not be comfortable providing. Now, to talk about oral health care as part of family caregiving, we have two guests today, Mickey Weiner and Mary Batone. Um, Mickey, first of all, is a registered dental hygienist. She holds the master's degree in education. She's an educator at the University of Manitoba School of Dental Hygiene and Faculty of Dentistry. She's the holder of a prestigious research grant. She's received numerous awards for her teaching and health promotion work. She's focused on reaching out to underserved populations through community-based programs. She spearheaded legislative change in Manitoba to increase the potential for public access to dental hygiene care. And recently, family caregiving entered her personal life because she now supports her aging parents who live far away with her sister. Now, Mary Batone is a registered dental hygienist with 20 years of experience in the dental field. She's an oral health promotion specialist with the University of Manitoba Center for Community Oral Health. 
as part of a community role, she's in clinical practice in long-term care and in an inner-city clinic. She provides dental hygiene care at a university-based long-term care facility. She mentors and instructs dental hygiene students in various community-based clinics. She's actively involved in research and in developing mouth care policies and education resource material. She provides training for caregivers working in long-term care. So welcome to the show, Mickey and Mary. Thank you. Thank you. Good. Now I'm going to start with Mickey, please. Please tell us more about your professional background. Well, Gordon, you've covered quite a bit, but I originally did come to Canada in the 70s from the States to work in the North as a dental therapist, but I've spent the bulk of my career as an academic at the University of Manitoba teaching something which I have truly loved. I had a, a short-term, about a 10-year stint as, as an ESL teacher in the 90s, which truly increased my awareness of the needs of, uh, of underserved populations. But working in community health reinforced for me how important it was for people to be able to get care outside of the uh, typical dental practice, and that's really what spurned my interest in um, changing legislation for dental hygienists to allow them to provide care uh, directly in long-term care facilities, hospitals, or homes. Uh, and since 10,000, along with Mary and uh, a couple of other colleagues, I've been very involved in uh, mouth care training for those who care for others, for caregivers. So I'm really delighted to be here today on the show. You're very welcome. Mary, same question for you. We want to know more about your professional background and the kind of way it links into family caregiving and the like. All right. Um, I started my career as a dental assistant, and I worked uh, for 13 years in a children's specialty office. Then always, you know, my goal ultimately was to be a dental hygienist, so I returned to school as a mature, mature student mm -hmm. and enrolled at the University of Manitoba and completed the dental hygiene program there. And while I was taking the program, I found myself drawn to the community health components of the program, and I had the great opportunity to um, uh, work at the Faculty Center for Community Oral, Oral Health as a health promotion specialist. So besides doing health promotion, I provide clinical care and long-term care uh, facility, and I've been very involved in mouth care training and, uh, for caregivers and, and doing some research in this area. area. I have to say that my early training working with young children has really benefited me working with the older population as well. Right. And on a personal side, um, I'm also uh, was a family caregiver of a child who underwent chemo and radiation for leukemia. So I definitely have that um, caregiver side of understanding how it is to, uh, you know, take care of someone who is very, very ill. Yeah. We're going to talk more about that. And Mary, thank you. Just a quick question. Does that mean you were a student of Mickey's? I was. Mickey was my <laughs> instructor. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Very good. Now, um, Mickey, I want you to tell us a little bit more about your involvement with and experience of family caregiving. And what I'm after here is, you know, what you know about family caregivers and what your own experience of family caregiving has taught you and what kind of insights you've got from it. Certainly. Well, caregiving happens in very many settings, in personal care homes, in group homes, in hospitals, 
and in individuals' homes. So there are lots of avenues where caregivers are are, are helping out, whether they be family caregiving or or professionals. I've been involved a lot with training other professionals in how to care for individuals' mouths, but we've also had family members attend too. We've we've developed uh, materials for speech-language pathologists to use with families and worked with the Winnipeg Regional Health Authority to develop uh, a poster that will be up for families to really alert them to the importance of oral health. But I have to say it all uh, changed quite dramatically for me. It all became very personal when uh, in 2004 my father was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease and my mother became a caregiver. Then in 2008 my mom had colon cancer surgery and then brain surgery to remove uh, a benign tumor which uh, really affected her short-term memory drastically and she needed a caregiver. And as you mentioned earlier, we are... um, Taking care, we were taking care of my parents at a distance. We're three sisters in three countries. Uh, I'm in Canada, a sister in Atlanta, Georgia, and a sister in Kenya. So we were all at a distance from them. So after various stages of caregiving, uh, they have moved in with my my sister in Atlanta, who we now refer to. She and her husband as Saint Jenny and Saint Tom, as I'm sure caregivers can relate to. But we do all the things that family caregivers are doing. Uh, making sure that they have meals that appeal to them, doctor's visits, finances, clothing, equipment that's appropriate, uh, trying to build in quality of life, outings, even if it's just something like sitting on the back porch, Uh, certainly staying on top of all kinds of health issues, uh, from things such as congestive heart failure to just to an infected foot. Um, We work closely. I've worked closely with caregivers, and we all have. Mickey, I'm just going to interrupt you for... I know this sounds rude, but we a, a break is coming up, and I just want to ask Mary a question, but we will sure. come back to what you want to say. Um, Mary, I want you to tell us a bit more about your experience of working with family caregivers, you know, professionally. Mary? Um, working with the caregivers, I have to say majority of my experience is working um, with them when I'm providing clinical care. Um, they attend the appointments with their loved ones, and during this time, I definitely use it as an opportunity to learn more about who my client, because sometimes there's difficulty with communication, and I can really, you know, then from the family members really, you know, get more information and get more personal history of who the client is. Um, it also creates an opportunity for the family members to, you know, ask questions about um, the, the loved one's oral health. Um, it definitely, um, sometimes I am engaging with my client, and I just, this just happened on Monday, actually. I was working closely with my um, my patient, and, you know what I mean, he was talking to me, and, you know, he had been very, very ill, and but he was, it was interesting to talk to him because he would say, you know, I, I'm, you know, great, you know, he was so appreciated that I was talking with him and discussing what needs to be done, but he says, can you make sure you please repeat this all to my wife because I won't remember everything. So, and those kind of things, and and just for him to, you know, be able to feel comfortable enough to say to me, I, you know, I was diagnosed with diabetes, but I was in denial, and I finally have come to terms with it. So, we definitely, you know, um, build a relationship during that time. I also inquire if family members are providing the daily mouth care, or are they getting someone, someone coming in and providing that service? And I, you know, often assist them with some advice or maybe more appropriate oral health care products that they should be using. 
Also, sometimes the loved one, um, the caregivers, are concerned that the loved ones aren't receiving um, the appropriate um, daily mouse care. And I can, you know, this way I would be able to, um, you know, contact, uh, like, nursing if they're in the facility and speak with them and just, you know, just recommend um, some different techniques or products to be used. Sometimes family members, oh, sorry. No, carry on, carry on. Oh, and sometimes family members will actually come to our caregiver training sessions that we hold. They're, you know, they will come and, and sit in with the professional caregivers. And other times, um, um, caregivers who have sat in on our training sessions, they always have our contact information and they give us a call. I just had someone who attended Mickey and I. We did a presentation for palliative care, and they, uh, the nurse remembered, and she gave me a call because this family was very concerned about Dad's oral health and what they should be doing and what products should they be products should they be using to give him some more comfort and care, a better quality of life. And so she gave me a quick call. We discussed, you know, uh, what uh, stage he was in, what should they be doing, and what should they purchase and and how should it be done. And so she was able to then go back to the families and give them the information and, you know, just reassure the family that everything that they were doing was correct. This this is a comment to both of you, uh, Mickey and Mary. This sounds very much like teamwork, doesn't it, involving the family Mm -hmm. caregiver in a way as a member of the team with all the healthcare professionals involved, but because it's the mouth with the dental hygienist, really as the sort of uh, liaison person between them all as well as the provider of service. I mean, very quickly, in general, are you both comfortable with that picture that I just painted? Mary? Go ahead. (laughs) Yes, definitely. It is teamwork. Okay. It is definitely teamwork. Um, The family member is just as important as the doctor or the nurse. It's like all working together. Good. Mary? uh, Sorry, Mickey, same point, is it? You agree? Absolutely. I think that um, if the family member isn't involved, a lot falls through the cracks, particularly if, uh, if the caregiver is hap- as, uh, caregiving is happening at home and uh, family members are sort of the key contacts. It's, it's so important for us all to work together um, and even working with other professionals such that you know, as there's a connection between, you know, an oral hygiene and, as you said earlier, maybe someone's ability to eat or things such as that. So, yeah, the partnership, I think, is very important. Right. Now, it is time for us to take the break. We do have to pay the rent. This is Dr. <laughs> Gordon Avelie, and my guests are Mickey Guena and Mary Baton. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay with us. We will be back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you a leader who needs to become better and more consistent? Are you someone who's trying to be a leader but can't seem to get to that level despite seemingly doing everything right? Tune in to Leadership Every Day with your host, Marguerite Calloway. Marguerite and her guests will spotlight proven leadership traits, capabilities, and experiences designed to help you become a leader or a better leader. Listen for Leadership Every Day, Tuesdays at 7 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, 1600 hours in South Africa on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the Seventh Wave Network. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. You know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at mymonami.com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and our two guests, Mickey Boehner and Mary Batone. Our topic is oral health and family caregiving. Now, I want to talk about the challenges created by poor oral health and how these challenges are or should be responded to. Now, I'm going to start with Mickey, but I did interrupt you in the first segment. So if there are things that you would just like to say um, uh, that I cut you off on, please do that. But the question I have for you is this. What are the challenges created by poor oral health for a person who isn't mobile enough to attend a clinic and who's being cared for by a family caregiver at home or in a residential facility. Mickey, please. Thanks, Gordon. I think the, the only comment I'd like to make from the previous question was I think I truly understand how much energy and love it really takes to be an effective family caregiver, and having experienced that personally is, I think, uh, opened my eyes a lot. But getting back to your question about some of the challenges, if an individual isn't able to have their mouth assessed by an oral health professional, there are, there are many problems that are very significant that can go undetected. Uh, certainly pain, uh, and individuals may not be able to express exactly that they're in pain, but can lead to chewing, eating, nutrition, sleeping, all kinds of general quality of life issues. Uh, gum infections uh, are not necessarily painful, and sometimes people think that bleeding gums might be normal, but it's it's not. <laughs> it's just like if your arm were bleeding, it's not a normal thing. Tooth decay uh, can be really taking a hold because it's linked to uh, dry mouth or high-carbohydrate diet or sugary medications. Uh, dry mouth is an important issue that needs to be dealt with because we need our saliva to eat, chew, fight infection, remineralize teeth, uh, naturally cleanse the mouth. I know my mom is having huge issues with that now. Um, tooth loss is, uh, is crucial. So as a result of, of gum disease or tooth decay, uh, we can affect an individual's ability to eat and to get proper nutrition. Infections can spread things like abscesses or if they have a yeast or thrush uh, infection in the mouth that needs to be treated or if they're undergoing any kind of chemo or radiation, uh, those tissues are quite inflamed and uh, would need uh, some professional help would be important. 
Okay. Now, I'm going to... Keeping an eye on dentures, extractions, sores, bad yeah. breath. Yeah. There are all kinds of things that um, that need to be dealt with. Right. Now, I'm going to... I know I keep interrupting, but I will come back <laughs> to some of these points. Um, Mary, your experience of the oral health challenges encountered by persons who aren't mobile enough to attend the clinic or at home, they are at home or in a residential facility. What are the kind of things you you see and you hear about? Mary? Um, well, Gordon, I, the most significant challenge that, you know, the caregivers usually comment or, you know, ask about, especially if they're caring with someone with dementia, is how do I get into the mouth? Like, how do I get in there and, you know, be able to brush someone else's teeth, especially if the individual is not able to cooperate? And it's, so it's very challenging. Also, you know, there's concerns of being, you know, while providing that care of being bitten or spit or just a level of frustration from the individual. They can be very vocal and, you know, and grabbing. Um, they don't they don't want that type of care being provided. So it, it, it's very, it, it can be very frustrating on the behalf of the caregiver. So it, sometimes that will lead to neglect. And then it leads to the problems that Mickey was previously mentioning. Right. Um, I'm, just, I'm just going to ask Mickey to come in at this point because <laughs> the problem she was mentioning brings me to the question I'd like to ask her, which is, Mickey, what do you do to promote the importance of oral health care for the family members um, who are being cared for? In other words, how do you get the message across that all these problems need the attention and need the promotion of appropriate care. Mickey? Well, certainly within my own family situation, that has not been difficult because my sisters and, my, and their care, caregivers are captive audiences and very interested in um, preventing all of these kinds of problems. I think uh, in general some things that we need to do are are do a better job of getting information out to families maybe through uh through newsletters or through training or through uh, the media to let them know that there are some serious things that can happen but uh some kind of individualized assessment on the person that they're truly caring for would really uh, see exactly what kinds of things that individual might be at risk for. Like my dad was having issues with um, with the denture and really working with the caregivers to see, okay, where is the sore spot? What are we going to do about it? And then following up with a professional visit and getting the dentures relined and things like that. Um, if things aren't dealt with or kind of nipped in the bud, they can really have uh, some significant um, complications. Right. Mary, I'm going to ask mm-hmm. you about what dental hygiene as a profession does to promote the oral health of family members, you know, the, the family caregivers are caring for. What, in other words, what as a profession are you saying to family caregivers about um, the, the, the need for oral health care? Well, I guess dental hygiene as a profession um, are, you know, one of our strong things is that we do have established relationships. We um, build close relationships with our clients because we, we spend a lot of one-on-one time with them. And so we get to know them, we get to know their families, and families feel comfortable asking us questions 
as well because we've built this relation. Um, our profession has really evolved. You know, dental hygiene is a very young profession, but we have evolved over the past few years, especially thanks to hard work by visionaries like Mickey. Um, uh, dental hygiene is now a self-regulated um, health profession in nine of the ten provinces in Canada. So this new status has really um, allowed us to provide more dental hygiene care to at-risk groups or individuals, and we can work independently. And that, so this has also opened up access to care. Right. Now, I'm um, going to ask you, uh, make it, make mm-hmm. it again, I'm, you know, ta- I'm the timekeeper on this show. <laughs> it's a tough job, I'll tell you. Now, um, I'm going to ask you, Mickey, first of all, how do you feel uh, about providing oral health care for members of your family? Does this raise any professional issues for you? And then I want you to read across into the kind of issues uh, that arise for family caregivers caring for a, a family member. Well, I certainly say it's it's very natural for me to be involved in my parents' mouth care because I'm used to being in, per- in people's mouths, used to working, I'm used to teaching others, uh, I have experience with special needs individuals, so I'm sure it comes much more naturally to me than it, than it might to another caregiver. Um, it's interesting, I've enjoyed uh, training the caregivers and really uh, talking to them and showing them how to provide mouth care and looking at specialized products and things like uh, softer uh, toothbrushes for my mother and products for her sensitive mouth and for my dad, how to really strengthen his teeth through fluoride products. And my sister, when my dad was in long-term care, actually had two or three pages sort of taped up on the wall for the caregiver, so I got quite a kick out of uh, how she had really uh, taken upon the responsibility of the oral care. I have to say that, uh, like, if it raises any kind of professional issue for me, I think that if, because of what I know, if I did not provide this kind of guidance or advocacy for my family, I would certainly consider it unethical and neglectful just because of the knowledge that I do have about it. And I'm not sure if I answered your whole question. <laughs> okay, we, we, we will have a chance to go back to that, actually, uh, but that's very helpful because it emphasizes, again, the importance of, of doing this um, oral health care. Now, I want to ask Mary, um, what kind of services do dental hygienists provide for persons receiving care in the home who are living at home or in a facility of some kind who can't travel? In other words, how are these services funded? Well, some of the services that um, you could receive from the hygienist um, during our assessment um, and planning of care, you know, we'd be looking to see if there's any current um, concerns, is there a need for a referral to a dentist, to some other health professional, um, is the individual able to independently provide care, um, do they need some assistance or um, or just needed to be reminded. Um, what do the caregivers need to know about the daily mouth care? What products should they be using? In general, we're just we're there to be their oral health advocate. So as I said earlier, we could refer, especially if there was something outside of our scope of practice. So say someone needed an extraction, they had a broken tooth, an abscess, we would refer them to a dentist. Um, if an individual has some food pocketing and hasn't been diagnosed with dysphagia, swallowing disorder, maybe they need to see a speech-language pathologist. 
um, they might need an adaptation. A special needs um, client might need an adaptation to their toothbrush. Then we could refer them to occupational therapy. We also would be able to recommend specialized products that uh, they might need. Uh, someone might have difficulty staying open. They might need a, a mouth rest. Uh, they might have um, some, you know, an increased risk for tooth decay. We might tell, you know, recommend an extra strength fluoride toothpaste. Right. So one thing we found is uh, families were always asking, like, where can I get these specialized products? And we found by, you know, approaching a local pharmacist and asking them to, uh, you know, purchase some of these um, products so that the families would be able to come and buy them from there because it's sometimes difficult to track down some specialized products. I'm just going to interrupt you on the question of money. Sure. Um, how... I'm getting the impression from you that you do do home visits. Is that right, first of all? Yes, in some jurisdictions, um, dental hygienists would be able to go into the homes and provide care. Who pays? Well, that is always the hard question, right? (laughs) Who pays? (laughs) You know what I mean? Since dentistry is not part of, you know, health care, we also would help the individuals in deciding if they, you know, do qualify for any kind of government assistance programs. Like in Ontario, there's the Children's in Need of Treatment. They may qualify for that. Um, there's the Veterans Affairs. They accept direct billing from dental hygienists. Lots of different insurance companies are now accepting direct billing from um, hygienists as well. So the dental hygienist could really help in, you know, helping you in deciding if you have dental insurance, is that one that will accept from dental hygienists? Um, do you, you know, do you qualify for some assistance in other programs? The dental hygienist could really help, or it would become out of pocket. Right. And for some families, you know, it definitely can be a challenge. Right. Mickey, would, can you tell us what the situation is in the U.S., please, uh, about funding for the dental hygiene services that we're all talking about now? You know, that's something I'm not totally aware of, what the funding would be. I think uh, dental care is is also very separate from um, medical care, similarly in the United States, even though the United States has um, has more private type of medical care and not, not like Canada's socialized system. I think many of the same barriers that individuals would face here in Canada they would would face in the United States, but to be honest with you, I'm not sure um, exactly what kind of coverage might be available in the states. I know Mary was just at a course in Minnesota, and and not to put you on the spot either, Mary, but I don't know whether you might know uh, about what was happening, sort of for funding arrangements in that situation. Um, there is a um, there is some kind of some limited funding from um, what they call Medicare Medicaid. There is some um, in the facilities they were they were talking about that you know you can get some screening. It's very limited though again on how much care is covered by that Medicare. It's again very a separate issue. Um, they either have to have dental insurance or if um, and each state is different as well, and some states have different kind different programs set up for at risk groups as well. Right, right. Yeah. Um, now I'm just going to go back to Mickey. I re- interrupted you on the question of issues for family caregivers caring for family members, and what I was after there was uh, what is it. Apart from cost, apart from difficulty, you know, sort of understanding what to do and that sort of thing, 
What are the things that you encounter in family caregivers that make them reluctant to pro- in any way to provide this kind of oral health care that we're talking about for the people, the, the seniors, whom they're looking after? Well, I think some of the things that make them reluctant is this is a, a personal type of skill that we have all done sort of our entire lives is brush our own teeth. And it's personal. Uh, we even have professional caregivers, not family caregivers, who say, you know, I, I, I don't feel comfortable going into someone's mouth. And I think uh, it's not like a wound or a sore that is visible on someone's arm or leg that they can say, wow, you know, we really need to do something here. It's often something that's behind their lips. We mentioned before that, you know, bad breaths can actually become a deterrent and be an issue. And as Mary said, uh, if individuals have dementia or issues with being able to cooperate, just trying to even get into their mouths, and they they often just don't feel comfortable. That's why spending some time with them, having them watch you do it, showing them some some products, some easier ways to uh, to help them keep their mouths open, easier ways to clean in between their teeth, uh, how to really ensure that their dentures are well cared for, and caution them. Uh, you know, there's there are a lot of toothettes being used in, uh, certainly in hospital and personal care homes, like a little sponge-tipped applicator mm-hmm. to clean people's mouths off. And that's something that we really want people to avoid using as a replacement for toothbrushes because they really don't remove dental plaque. And they've actually, Health Canada has actually come out with a warning that they can become a choking risk if someone has issues with clenching and biting biting down. Um, so again, finding the right place to do it sometimes is, is the thing, too. My mom is in palliative care right now, and she isn't brushing her teeth at the sink anymore. She sits in a recliner in front of the TV, and we bring a little kidney basin and, and water, and she's able to sort of brush right there. Um, Often you don't have to worry about rinsing afterwards. That's something that people often say, oh, well, how are we going to rinse? Well, if they spit it out, and that's, that's sufficient because actually if, if with the fluoride in the paste, that gives them a little bit of extra fluoride on, on their teeth to help right. strengthen them. So there Mickey, are a lot of going to have to interrupt you, I'm afraid, because we're going into the next segment, but you sure. will have a catch-up time in a moment or two. So. Um, I'm just going to say once more, it's time for us to take the short break because that's the way things are. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley and my guests are Mickey Boyner and Mary Batone. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. We definitely will be back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. There are many legal programs in today's media, but most of them do not target you, the everyday person, trying to deal with your everyday problems. Now, the Voice America Variety Channel presents Cohen's Counsel, a program to help you simplify and understand the legal process in this country. Hosted by Larry J. Cohen, an everyday civil lawyer, our program will help you sort out how to work with attorneys, the courts, and interpret and work through what happens in our legal system. Tune in to Cohen's Counsel every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Ever wondered what private investigators really do and how they go about solving cases? Each week, P.I.'s Declassified gives a glimpse into this little-known world. Join your host, Francie Kaler, a noted private investigator, in conversations with detectives and experts in the field. False confessions, forensic evidence, finding missing persons, exposing fraud, exonerating the innocent. All areas that Francie and her guests will cover. And have they got stories to tell? Tune in and call in to the live show Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, on Voice America Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at m-y-m-o-n-a-m-i dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and our two guests, (coughs) Mickey Werner and Mary Batone. Our topic is oral health and family caregiving. Now let's talk about information about oral health and health generally of people being cared for by family caregivers. And question for you, Mickey, first. How should family caregivers monitor the the oral health of the family member they are caring for? Well, certainly um, the best thing to do is while mouth care is being done is just to have a look in the mouth. If the person is still even doing their mouth care independently, having a discussion with them, asking them if, they, if they're in any discomfort, is anything bothering them, are they in any kind of pain, uh, if, they're, if they're providing total care for them, uh, taking that opportunity when they are cleaning their mouth is to, to look, look for any kind of signs. Um, there may be signs that are visible and, and there may be some that aren't. Just again, as I mentioned before, problems eating or chewing. My dad's denture was quite loose and we ended up having to get it relined, which made quite a big difference in his ability to eat. Are there any swellings or is someone sort of picking at their face or rubbing their jaw or maybe grumpy or having problems sleeping? Uh, just things that, uh, that might indicate that they're having an issue. Um, certainly, if their gums are bleeding, that that's a sign that there's some infection going on and that uh, we need to really be cleaning at the gum line well. A good test to see if someone's mouth is dry is to take a tongue depressor and look and just put it inside their cheek. And if it readily sticks, this is a sign of a dry mouth. And, and that's really a caution that their mouth needs to be moisturized more frequently. They need to sip on water. Families often uh, like to give uh, an individual a sugary candy to suck on if, if their mouth is dry, and that's something that can really result in, in rampant tooth decay. So we suggest certainly avoiding sugary candies and drinks, particularly with dry mouth. Um, but developing a partnership, as we've talked about, with an oral health professional uh, for professional care, for assessment, for designing this sort of daily care plan, uh, as I've sort of done with my parents, to make sure that we're dealing with an individual's specific needs are all important. Right. Mary, I'm going to ask you a much broader question, which is this. What happens to the person when oral health is deteriorating? In other words, um, I haven't been looking inside the mouth, but 
I am maybe noticing things about the person I'm caring for. What are the kind of clues then that oral health may be deteriorating? What are the sort of things you're advising me to look for? Well, the things that you would be um, looking for, like we've discussed previously, is definitely you'll notice bad breath, um, bleeding, sorry, bleeding gums. Sometimes, if um, you know no mouth care has been being provided, just even touching the gums, the gums will bleed. And when gums are bleeding, it's a sign that there's an infection there. You also will see um, gross tooth decay. And especially along the gum line, that's where the plaque likes to accumulate right along the gum line, and it quickly can break down the teeth, especially as Mickey was talking about, if they have a dry mouth. Right. And so you can see that um, if they have a dry mouth and lots of plaque and no care is being provided, um, the tooth can break down quite quickly. And sometimes um, it can actually just break right off like a tree falling in a forest. Wow. Um, bad breath, um, you know, besides not, you know, it's not pleasant, but it also affects relationships. Like Mickey was saying too, um, you know, there was one um, incident where we were doing this project on one of the floors in the facility and when we started the project and you went into the individual's room, you could definitely, there was a definite, you know, smell in the room and once we implemented the project and it was two times a day, daily brushing, um, providing care and when we went to do a follow-up, what a difference. There was no smell in the room. So it, you know, it, it can affect many things. Um, we also see very coated tongues, and there can be uh, deposits that will accumulate on the roof of the mouth, and they're so very hard. And um, you also will see hard deposits on the teeth, which, you know, will need professional care to remove them, that tartar, that calculus that will build up from not having plaque removed. Um, there's chewing issues, individuals not being able to chew their foods, and so which may lead to nutritional deficiencies or malnutrition. Um mm-hmm. There's risk factors as well. Uh, we know with pneumonia, it's the number one cause of death in long-term care. Um, diabetes, um, gum disease is the sixth complicating factor for diabetes, and so it's directly linked. So gum disease is an, an infection, like I talked about earlier, which makes the individual's blood sugar levels harder to control. So this carries additional risk for that person's health. So, Mary, basically what it's coming to is something profoundly important, which is that oral health and general health really are closely linked, and therefore deterioration in the one um, is associated with deterioration in the other in both directions. Now, Mickey, I want to ask you to talk about the reversing of the situation I'm going to characterize as bad breath. In other words, that room that Mary was talking about where there was the odor, uh, the warning odor, what are the ways in which the dental hygienist not only treats but actually reverses the deterioration of oral health? Well, certainly actually treating the disease is very important, but using preventive strategies to keep things under control and then referring for needed care because odor can be related to, as Mary was saying, uh, having these hard deposits and bacteria on the teeth and the breakdown of tissues can certainly uh, cause problems. And that those bacteria, as we were talking about, can travel throughout the system and through the airways, contributing to pneumonia or even uh, cardiovascular disease, as some research is showing. But some of the things a dental hygienist can do, uh, certainly if, if tooth decay is in the beginning stages, remineralizing with 
uh, with products that contain fluoride uh, and different means of applying the fluoride. Once the tooth structure is lost, uh, that individual will likely need a filling or if badly broken down and maybe even a root tip, uh, it's, they will need an extraction. Other things that can cause odors are uh, just oral infections, uh, a rip-roaring abscess or yeast infection, and it's really important that those be uh, be treated with uh, the right with the right drugs. And also, sometimes you don't realize. I know when my father-in-law was in the hospital, his his roommate had a uh, a thrush or yeast infection in his mouth, and they weren't treating the denture as well. So he kept getting reinfected. So there are lots of little tricks of the trade to be sure you get rid of infections. Uh, you may have to. Um, uh, change the oral, the daily regimen uh, to reverse deterioration with some of these things that I'm mentioning with, cha- with maybe upping the amount of fluoride that they get. And I guess the probably the most important thing that family caregivers can do is ensure that the person is getting this daily mouth care because, as we all know, we can go for professional care, uh, but if we're not doing our job in between, a lot can happen. So in addition to having uh, clinical care and treatment, this daily mouth care is really important. Right. Now, I think there's another thing I'd like to just add very quickly to you both before we go into the next break, and that is that this is why I think um, it's so important that the family caregiver, the dental hygienist, and people like the family physician, you know, the um, the nurse who comes in, all communicate with each other about state of the mouth, state of the health, and this kind of thing, because that seems to me a very important part of the clinical uh, teamwork. But, of course, that's me holding forth, and (laughs) that's one of my sort of uh, interests. Now, we are at the time when we have to take the break again. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guests are Mickey Weiner and Mary Batone. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. We will be back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. It's all Arizona, all over the world. If you're a local Arizona high school sports fan or if you're a transplanted fan somewhere else in the world, have we got a show for you. The first Internet sports radio talk show focusing solely on high school sports is The Coach's Corner with Scott Lovely. Tune in to talk about your favorite teams, players, or coaches. It's 100% Arizona high school sports coverage and a little bit more. Tune in Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 7 p.m. Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel. Two views, different topics, questions, answers, news, and advice. You'll want to check out Ecoman and the Skeptic live from Philadelphia University. Every week, join hosts Rob Fleming and Chris Pastor as they tackle a different topic on sustainability. You'll hear all sides of the issue supported by guests who provide valuable insights. Get ready to be engaged, educated, and entertained when you tune into Ecoman and the Skeptic. Broadcast live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Green Talk network the internet's number one talk station number one talk station voiceamerica.com 
You know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and our two guests, Mickey Wenner and Mary Batona. Topic is oral health and family caregiving. Now, I want to talk about the things that our two guests would like to see done to promote oral health for persons being cared for by family caregivers. Um, you know, you've both talked a lot about things that you do and that um, are done, but what I want to know from you both now are the additional things that you would like to see done and the kind of arrangements that are going to be needed to get them done. So starting with Mary, first of all, what more do you think needs to be done to improve the oral health of persons whose mobility is a challenge and who are living at home, alone, or in facilities? What more needs to be done for them? Well, Gordon, definitely we've talked about this, but it's just more of, right? We had mentioned that dental hygiene has, you know, made um, great changes in the last few years. So we need more public awareness. Uh, We need families to recognize that oral health is part of overall health and wellness. Um, They need to know what coverage they're entitled to for dental hygiene services Um, and to know that, you know, insurance companies will accept direct billing from hygienists. Um, We need more education of governments, administrators, um, caregivers, even oral health professionals um, in their initial education and then continue with lifelong learning. More research to guide decision-making, to know actually what is the best um, care that we should be providing and and what should, like, uh, the evidence behind it. And especially interdisciplinary care, we all need to be working together. Uh, We need to... um, work with family, we need to work with other health professionals. Uh, Mickey and I were just at a a continuing education workshop for caregivers on feeding and swallowing, and we worked with a speech pathologist, a dietitian, occupational therapist, and and then dental hygienist. And it's just interesting to see how the issues and strategies um, come from different perspectives, but there's an overlap. Right. Now I'm going to switch to Mickey and ask, It's a similar question, but I'm focusing you on the monitoring of the oral health of persons living at home, alone, or in facilities. In other words, what more needs to be done to help family caregivers do this monitoring, which you've already explained is extremely important? Mickey? Well, certainly I think dental hygienists are ready to become oral health care partners with families and advocates and doing all of these things that we're able to do to help assess, treat, prevent or advise or refer, um, there certainly needs to be more recognition of the importance of our services and the political will and momentum to both fund positions for dental hygienists, to be part of the healthcare system both within facilities and in homes, uh, to to look at funding for individuals who, who need to de- need oral care services, the elderly and people who are at risk who can't afford this kind of care. Um, dental hygiene really needs to be part of that whole health care team along with foot care, palliative care, nutrition. Uh, I certainly hope we've made a case here 
for more and better dental hygiene care services for those who are dependent on others. And for families who feel like they're not getting this kind of assistance that we're talking about, I think going to the system and asking, well, why, why can't we and why not? Um, and if individuals are looking for services, they need to talk to their existing oral health care professionals about in-office or home care services to, to be part of this uh, monitoring and advocacy. And uh, depending on the needs of their family member, they may need to seek out a special needs clinic like the one that Mary works in or mobile uh, dental or dental hygiene home care services. Um, and if they wish to access a dental hygienist services, uh, in their home, I think contacting their Provincial Dental Hygiene Association or licensing body uh, for more information would be a helpful step. But certainly, um, we, ha- we have a long way to go. Things are, things are headed in this direction for dental hygienists to be able to support families, but I think there's a lot more that can be done. Okay. Mary, one for you. Now, talking about promoting uh, dental hygiene, which... Uh, I see as absolutely essential. What about promoting more and better recognition of the role of family caregivers in relation to oral health? Um, how would you, as a dental hygienist, want to see more done to promote what I'm going to call the sort of oral health role of the family caregiver? What, what can be done more? Well, definitely um, involving the, the families in the decision-making you know, sharing the information, making them feel part of the team. Um, It's definitely hard um, when your loved one is going through something and you're not able to contribute and offer suggestions on, you know, what really does work for that individual. Um, We really need to think of them as uh, a part of the team. Right. Now, unfortunately, I'm going to have to... um close us off at this particular point because the tyranny of time is upon us. But I just want to say to both of you that the message that has come across to me and I hope to our listeners as well is first of all that oral health is important. It isn't just how the teeth look. It's how the health of the mouth is and how it relates to health generally and how it's very much part of the Um, way in which care should be provided in the future. Now, with that, I just want to ask a very quick question um, to Mickey, just to say briefly, and I'm sorry it has to be brief, what more you think dental hygienists can do to support family caregivers in, in their work of really caring for the mouth of their family members? Mickey? Well, I think that um, just being there for them on site and being able to provide uh, one-on-one assistance is important. Uh, being part of the healthcare system and being able to help establish policies and advocate for families and their needs, I think, is important. Uh, having dental hygienists functioning at a variety of levels, but I think we also have a lot to learn from families. I would like to see more family members speaking at conferences or talking to our students. Uh, maybe we need to be interviewing family caregivers and publishing those findings and, and, and providing them with information through educational events, conferences, newsletters, publications, and online resources. I know we have provided some resources for you, Gordon, to have on, on the web page, so I hope those are helpful. Um, 
I think as much as we have to offer, the families have to offer us. Uh, we have a lot to learn from one another, and I think there's uh, huge potential for partnership here. Right. Now, I'm going to throw out a quick challenge to both of you on the basis of what, uh, Mickey, you've just been saying, and that is, you know, if you would like either or both of you to be talking with a family caregiver about these things on this show, please let me know, because I very much believe in this idea of having people talk on the air about their experiences where one's a an expert, a specialist like you two are, and the other is on the receiving end of services. And what I find is they get into very interesting discussions and very important discussions. So I'm just saying to you, there's a challenge. Please get back to me if you've got some suggestions. Now, unfortunately, our time has run out on us. So I want to say, first of all, thank you very much to our listeners. Please do email us with your comments and questions. And I want to say a big, big thank you to our guests, Mickey Weiner and Mary Batone, for sharing with us your experience, your insights, and your advice. And what you're doing is, for me, profoundly important. So I wish you success. I wish you more success. And I wish you even more success in working with family caregivers. So I uh, hope to work with you again along the lines of the challenge I just delivered to you. Now, in our next episode of Family Caregivers Unite, we're going to be talking about grandparents as family caregivers. Please join us, same time, same spot, on the internet. See you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.